Hello guys and welcome back to the In Conversation podcast. Today I am over the moon to, to welcome to the show uh, a best-selling author, author of one of my, not only my favorite marketing book, but one of my favorite books of all time, uh, founder of the Mind State Group, also founder and CEO of a company called Triggerpoint. He's worked with companies like PepsiCo, Purina, Capital One, Kellogg, some big names. Um, so Will, Thank you very much for joining me on today's podcast. Hey, thank you very much for having me, Sam. I appreciate you. Right. It really is a pleasure. Um, well, as I, like I mentioned before, I like to start these podcasts off by asking my guests what their 12-year-old self would be happy and sad about if they met them now. I think it's a really nice way to kind of dive into um, you as a person to kick us off. So if you met your 12-year-old self now, what would they be happy and sad about? Yeah, you know, I was trying to think of something very profound and something, you know, deep. Um, I think my 12-year-old self would be a bit disappointed uh, because at 12 years old, I thought I was going to play professional baseball, probably like <laughs> all 12-year-olds. And if you would have saw his 17-year-old uh, self, and I, I was 130 pounds graduating from high school, he pretty much would have known that I wasn't going to go anywhere in baseball and certainly, you know, where it ended up today. So he would be sad. But I would tell him that, you know what, you're going to be living your passion, you're going to be fine, you're going to have a great family, and there's more to life than just American baseball. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I think we all have that sporting dream when we're young. So, no, great. Um, can, you, can you kind of sum up the journey for us now, for anyone that kind of doesn't know what you do at the moment? What have you kind of been doing over the last 10, 15, 20 years or so? Yeah, uh, very fast. I graduated high school without any direction in my life, so I joined the Army, U.S. Army. Uh, was uh, lucky enough to be a part of a group of individuals that kind of introduced me to um, kind of bettering myself in college, in fact. So went to college, studied applied econometrics, fell in love with econometrics and forecasting, all that stuff, and then I went into the field of marketing research. Uh, I started off in biotech, moved into energy, but then I found a way to PepsiCo. And that's where I kind of met, or I was introduced to this idea of behavioral economics and behavioral sciences. Um, I was running a facility over there, about a $20 million facility, where we ran psychological and neurological experiments to better our marketing. Uh, I fell in love with that science so much, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And just like, uh, and anytime you're in corporate America and you love your job, chances are they're going to rotate you to get a learning experience. I wasn't ready to rotate. Uh, I loved it. So I started my own company, Trigger Point. So uh, what we do, and the new company too, as well, is we study psychological factors influencing your receptivity messaging and all customer experiences. And we use uh, deep uh, psychological principles whether it's motivational psychology, goal theory, et cetera. But ultimately, our job is to maximize the impact of your marketing content. And so I've been doing that for about a decade now. Um, and uh, three years ago, I wrote a book, Marketing to Mindset, that you referenced, which was really the reason why I did it, in fact, was just that I needed a manual to teach some guy coming into my department how, how I do what I do. And after I read, you know, got this manual down, I figured out, you know what, if I can teach a guy who was helping me build out artificial intelligence, I could probably teach anybody. And that's what the book tries to do is just teaches these simple, basic principles on how to maximize your effectiveness through small tweaks in words, small tweaks in images that make a huge psychological impact. Yeah, no, it's, it's an awesome story, man. And I think yeah. one thing I find so fascinating about that is that it started off 
simply with a couple of people that encourage you to develop yourself. Um, right. just similarly for me, my whole journey started off with a couple of books, uh, thinking fast and slow and free economics. I'm sure you know them, uh, the classics. So it's just interesting how small shifts like that, that at the time seem so minor have such a big effect on, on the kind of direction you go. Um, yeah, it's funny because I get asked a lot. People call me and say, what is your advice? What is your advice to building a company? Or, you know, I want to I be known for something. And what's, what's funny about what you just said, Sam, was that I didn't have this journey mapped out. I read a book and I read another book and I was just, I was interested in lots of different things. And I tell people all the time, your journey is going to be very different than my journey, but the, the thing you got to do is try to find connections between what you're reading. Usually your subconscious will build those connections anyways. But I look back to books I read 15 years ago that I didn't know really why I was reading them, but now they all connect, you know, got it or, or, you know, call it God, call it serendipity, whatever. But I always tell people all the time, the more you read, your mind will find patterns and just make that your own, that thing your own took me 15 years. Hopefully it doesn't take you guys <laughs> nearly as long, but it's a huge fundamental principle in life. I think is these small little, these small little decisions, these small little books that you read, these, these conversations like this, 10 years from now, you'll look back and go, my gosh, they all kind of fit together. And that's hopefully you'll find the same thing in your career, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and small things, or seemingly small changes having massive results is actually quite an appropriate uh, lead into what you do. I guess to me, I, I feel very strongly that marketing is fundamentally about getting humans to think or do certain things. So it's, it really baffles me and frustrates me when people don't start by understanding those very humans. Um, so I guess, I don't know if this is a problem you've experienced before, but if some people kind of, um, don't believe in the power of, of psychology or behavioral economics in marketing, what would you say to them about how, how big the effects can be? You know, they might, they might think, does that really play an effect? Does this small tweak in the wording actually have a massive impact on ultimately how much revenue we're making? What would you kind of say to those people? Yeah. First off, you're right. Like if you think that your job as a marketer is to build a brand, an iconic brand, you're wrong. You're wrong. Your brain, your job is to drive sales for your company. That's what you're being paid for. Now you want to do it in a great big way. Got it. But the first thing you said was really important. And in fact, I'll tell you that when I was at PepsiCo, that was a massive shift about a decade ago, but that's only a decade ago where people would come in and think my job is to create a great ad campaign. No, it's not. Your job is to drive a business and let advertising companies do, you know, ad campaigns. So first fundamental principle you need to know as a marketer is your job is to drive top line revenues. And if you're not, you're going to be fired. Second thing is, I love what you said, and we forgot about this like a decade ago as well, is that we're talking to people. And I think because of technology, and I think because of our own arrogance maybe and our own esteem, that we as an industry start to think about, we got to talk about ourselves. It's my product and what my product can do for you and how my company is helping to change the world. In fact, the matter is people don't care about your company. They just don't. They care about themselves. They care about their own, their own story, right? Um, and so the second thing you said is like, we're talking to humans that matters. Why that matters is just because of the books we just read. Like if you just take away anything you knew about marketing, you just read these books, Kahneman, you know, or, or, or you know, think about some slow or particularly irrational, all the major, you know, behavioral psychology books out there, you're going to realize very quickly that these are humans and human beings have small little kind of, tw um, quirks, but we all have them, which is really cool. 
And because of these quirks, the way we engage with people and the words we use, and like you said, the visuals we use, small little quirks and little tweaks can make a really big difference. Now, what I don't want to say, and I tell my clients all the time, I don't have the, the, the magic bullet. Nobody really does. Anyone who tells you that, that's probably not true. But I can tell you, we got, we got a, an arsenal of lots of small bullets, right? And I've seen things that, you know, one tweak, and I, I've got a case study, I think on my website, mindstategroup.com, that a tweak of two words on a coupon increased coupon redemption by 200%. It was, it was literally the, the words from moving from save a dollar to get a dollar off. So I guess maybe three words, massively increased, uh, 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 you know, people cutting out coupons. Um, it was unexpected. We did really heavy duty analytics to make sure that was true, but something as small as like that can have massive impacts. Other things you do, and you'll find this out, other things you do maybe only increase, you know, 10%. 12%, 14%. But if you're talking about a multi-billion dollar brand, that's big money. So it's experimentation, but but you know, if your point is really well, well understood, or hopefully it is, is that small tweaks can make a big can make a big difference. You just got to know those tweaks to make. Yeah, yeah. So so powerful. I'm really interested to know if there even is one, what's the kind of biggest problem you tend to see companies doing? New companies come to you for help and is there a kind of common problem that a lot of people have in understanding this or are they um, kind of very unique to the, the different situations? Yeah, you know, no. Um, so what's great about, you know, behavioral, behavioral science is that there are these universal principles that uh, are, are common to everybody, to every human being, right? Because it's a behavioral science. You know what, I mean, I'll tell you. Um, so I have a model that we have these four factors and they kind of go in order though, you know, they, they don't, you know, scientifically, they can go in many different orders, but it's easy to communicate them in, in, in order. And the last part is actually the easiest thing you can do as a marketer. And it, I don't think it even has much to do with psychology. I know there's a scientific principle in there, but it's really that tell people what to do and when to do it. So in, 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 in advertising, we used to call these things call to action. At the end of the day, what's your call to action? And for whatever reason, especially in the consumer package goods space, um, about, again, a decade ago, calls to action became dirty. Like nobody wanted to, to do that, right? I think it's maybe with content marketing coming in and you want to bring value. But at the end of the day, we are inundated with messaging, right? I, I, have, I, I teach over at a local university, uh, Southern Methodist University. And I saw this research that said we make 35,000 decisions on any given day, like 35,000 decisions. If you just tell people what to do and when, and when to do it, so by today, sometimes that alone, Sam, can get somebody to just go yes, because you're telling them what to do versus trying to figure out cost-benefit analysis. So I will literally tell my clients sometimes, if they're really hurting, I go, go to your advertisement and go find the place somewhere in it, whatever it is you're doing, and, and, and ask yourself, are you telling people what to do and when to do it? I don't know if there's a big psychological principle. I'm just telling you that the human mind needs clarity and needs to be told what to do sometimes. That's the easiest thing you can do. Easiest thing you can do to get a very quick bump in sales. And I think so many people forgot about that because it's not sexy. It's not sexy to have that, you know? Yeah. And what I love about that is that it's not only applicable to, to large companies, you know, some of the names you've worked with, the Kellogg's, the PepsiCo's, et cetera, that have these huge companies and huge marketing budgets that, doesn't just apply to them. It applies to, you know, someone running a local shop, a tiny business, uh, a person working on their own, a freelancer. It applies to everyone and they can all 
kind of use that same um, methodology well. So for anyone listening that thinks they need to have a huge budget to, to use psychology in their marketing, it's, it's not the case. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. And we've obviously, we have mentioned the book a couple of times already, but I do kind of want to dive into your experience with writing the book. It was um, yeah. obviously a, a great read for me. What was the kind of process like of, of writing the book? What was the, what was the experience like for you? Yeah, it was, it was great. I'd highly encourage anyone out there um, to, to, write, to write a book because it changed my life. It changed my family's life. So my background, again, was I was just conducting marketing research. Uh, I had a nice company working in the space that I love. And what I did was I had a deck that I put together, like a, a PowerPoint deck, and that was bringing somebody in to transition them into the company. And just at that point, I was listening to uh, a podcast. And it was about a company called um, uh, Book in a Box. Now they're called Scribe. And what they do is they, it's a company that takes your ideas out of your head and then, especially if you're a business, if you're kind of a, a, somebody in the business world, they take these ideas and they put it into a book. And why that's important is as business people, we sometimes self-edit too much. Like I tried to start a book back, you know, like anybody does, you know, mid-career trying to come up with a book. And what you do is as you write, you know, you sit down and you write for an hour and then you self-edit constantly. This process was a very strict process of just talk. So what we did at first call was they just talked to me for about an hour and then they said, <clears throat> Um, after that call, they said, you know what? We think you have a book. Like they said, about 30% of people don't really have a book. They need to think about it a little bit more. Then from there, I went through a process where somebody helped me with an outline. And then all they did was every week for an hour. No, yeah, for an hour. Once a week, they would say, okay, we'll talk. And they would guide a conversation. I did that for eight months. And what was great, they used to use some behavioral psychology and that. They said, if you miss your appointment, and if they said, we will get you a book out in a year. And if you don't get it out in a year, and it's because you keep missing appointments, we keep your money. And that's how it worked out. Then the worst part, so you get all out. You have a 40,000 know, word manuscript, which is much, much bigger than anything I put out there. This is when it becomes humbling. Because up, up until then, they're really good about taking any idea you have. Then they edit. And that's a very humbling experience. Because I want to talk about the military, when I was in the military, what I learned. And it's ultimately your book. But they were just telling, I, they are like, Will, it doesn't make sense. I know you want to talk about it, but it's not going to be good. And some, at some point, you just kind of say, you know what? You do what you do best, which is write, you know, great books. And what I'll do best is talk. And what's great about it, it's not ghostwritten. It's your words. But you have somebody who understands editing and flow and things like that. So the whole thing took about 13 months um, of work. Um, but from there, like I said, it changed my life because what it did a book, and this is why everybody should have a book, some kind of book out there, is because a book gives you credibility in a very crowded marketplace. So within literally, literally, Sam, within about three weeks, I got a call. I was driving down for a Thanksgiving dinner with my wife, and we're in the car, and, and a company, the largest uh, hospital chain in the state of Texas, called, and they said, well, hey, we'd like for you to come in and talk to our marketing department. And in my world, I was thinking, this is going to be great. It's a great sales opportunity, right? Um, I'm going to be able to come in and talk about Trigger Point, my company. And then they said, well, how much do you charge? And that, that was a very weird, I was not expecting that, right? Because in my world, I'm just telling you my, I was just telling you my passion. And in their world, they're like, you are now a thought leader and we want to pay you for your thinking. And so all of a sudden, about half of my revenues for both for my company turned into not projects, research projects, they turned into we want you to either speak 
about your passion to a large audience, or we want you to review what we're doing and tell us if we're doing it well. And so there's this whole knowledge economy that's out there. And what I love about the knowledge economy, and I think you posted a couple times about this too, is this idea that sometimes you, you think to yourself that you don't have enough credibility out there. You're not old enough, right? So you haven't done your times. So you need to wait 30 years. That world is over, man. If you have knowledge, even if you've been doing something for 10 months, a year, if you have knowledge that somebody else doesn't have, you automatically have the ability to reach people in this knowledge economy. And that was an economy I wasn't used to, but all of a sudden I'm being paid for that. So it changed everything um, for my family, for my life, for travel, just because I, I went through the process of writing a book on something that I was passionate about and a piece of knowledge that other people didn't have. And everybody that you're, you know, that is listening to this, you have knowledge that somebody else doesn't have and you have passion that somebody else doesn't have. If you put those two together into some sort of a manual book, whatever, I'm telling you a whole new world opens up in this economy. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So powerful. And I mean, great to hear that it's, it's done so much for you and, and your business and your family as well. Um, yeah. And it's obviously a bestseller now, which is, which is amazing. So uh, congrats on that too. Can, can we expect another book in Will's lifetime? Yeah, we, we, we will. Um, it's funny. So the book is called Marketing to Mind States. Um, but, and it's all about using behavioral psychology, these behavioral principles, motivational psychology, et cetera, creates a framework for you to market better. However, I've had conversations again and again and again when people read the book and they say, well, it's marketing, but it's really like selling to mindset. It's really human one-to-one, you know, one-to-one marketing situation or a model, right? I, I came from the brand marketing world. So that's why I called it marketing mind states. What now the publisher and what I'm being asked to do is, well, how would this come to life for sales or negotiations? Like if, if I'm, if I'm having a one-to-one negotiation for a contract, or if I just want to be a better uh, consultant to my clients, how could I use these things? So a lot of the same principles I'll take and put into a book. I don't know if it'll be selling to mind states or content to mind states or whatever. But the idea is that you can apply the same principles that we're talking about and all the principles you're reading, like behavioral sciences, all these principles are not necessarily messaging or marketing principles. They're human behavior principles, right? So I talk about this idea. You could do parenting to mind states. You could do, um, you know, selling to mind states, consulting to mind states. You could do experience to mind states, et cetera. So there's a whole runway of things you could write about or I could write about right now. I think it's going to be in the selling side of things. And we just started working on an outline of how we bring that together. And the idea for the, the next book would be rather than this book being about for, you know, the real, the book right now has really been, it's, it was written for uh, creative directors and brand managers. The new book will be for small businesses because I have a big passion for small businesses now, given the global economy and what's been happening, at least here in the States. I mean, it's devastating to restaurants and, you know, gym owners and things like that. So the next book will be much more focused on, um, small businesses, medium-sized businesses to really use the principles that I learned at the big companies, right? To bring these small principles like we just talked about, that basic call to action principle to anybody to in- influence. It drives me nuts, right? That you could have a pizza place down the road that has the best kick-ass pizza ever, that he's doing nothing wrong. He's got incredible, <laughs> incredible restaurant, incredible pizza, but yet he may go out of business because he doesn't know how to communicate because he's not, he's not a marketer. He's a freaking great pizza guy that drives me insane. That's why the new book should be written just to help anybody take these small things, 
maximize the, the impact of their marketing so they can do what they do best, which is in this case, make great pizza. I love pizza. And this guy is amazing. <laughs> that he may lose his business because of COVID and, and he's just not a good marketer. It drives me insane. Yeah. Well, that's, that's an awesome mission. And I so, like, I'm, I'm sure many of the listeners and many other small business, and I'm really excited for that book to come out. So we'll keep our eyes peeled. Well, it's been awesome chatting to you over the last 20 minutes or so. As I mentioned at the start, I do like to finish these episodes on a quick fire round so we can get to know Will Leach a little bit better. Uh, if you're up for it, we'll, we'll dive into the heat of that. I'm ready for the heat. Bring it. Cool. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Early starts or late nights? Early starts. Yep. Books or podcasts? Presumably books. books. Love books. Yeah, love books best book ever you can't say your own <laughs> oh crap um you know what i'm fascinated right now by a book called it's called intuitive marketing it's amazing book amazing book same principles different writer i i, I go to his book now a lot so it's great awesome i'll check that out book sets or films oh. or neither no like i'm gonna do films i'm gonna go with films best film ever man i love um to this day the Godfather. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's a classic. <laughs> it Unexpected fact about yourself. Um, I was once uh, selected to go work at the Secret Service uh, protecting Vice President Al Gore. I didn't take it. I didn't take it because wow. they wanted to re-enlist uh, for uh, a couple of years. And I would have to go to Korea before I could get my top secret clearance. And that was enough for me at 19 to say no. <laughs> Gosh. Your favorite pastime? Um. Uh, surprisingly, uh, I love what I do right now, but I just got into uh, English Premier League uh, football just recently, last two years, and that's now, uh, it, it takes a lot of my time. Awesome. Well, if, if that's your answer, I've got to ask for your team. Liverpool. Is oh, okay? gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been worse. It could have been worse. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you about Liverpool. So Liverpool was just because a local radio uh, guy down in Dallas, Texas, was said, I can't understand what's going on with English Premier League. Like, people are so fascinated by it. So he chose Liverpool because back then he said, it's a big enough team where you'll see them on TV, but they're not so big that they bought all their championships. Now, that may be different now. But back <laughs> then, they were like number six, number six. I was like, you know what? And so I always remembered that. So about two or three years ago, I'm like, let me go just try one, one kind of season. And now I'm hooked. Incredible. Love it. Awesome. And lastly, sum yourself up in three words. Passionately driven behaviors. <laughs> Boy, I wanted more. I wanted four words, but that's it. Passionate, passionate about behaviors. Good. Awesome. Love it. Will, thank you so much for your time. It's been awesome chatting to you today. Where's the best place for people to check you out if they want to see more of your content or, or find your book? Yeah, I have a ton of content free, the book, uh, pod or webinars, everything else on mindstategroup.com. Awesome. I'll link that in the show notes for you guys. Will, thank you again for your time today. It's been amazing chatting to you. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate you.